Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. getting you ready for the weekend right here on if you don't like that and today's episode is brought to you by new works plumbing of sacramento locally owned for over 20 years new works has a fix for you and all you need to do is go to newworksplumbing.com that's n-e-w-w-r-x plumbing.com hey if you have an emergency in the middle of the night no problem new works will be there with their 20 Four seven service. They're awesome. Love talking about them. Love their partnership. And I love the fact that so many of you have reached out to me on my social media account and email talking about using New Works Plumbing and how good they've been for you. Love to hear that. New Works loves it. And they'll be great for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. We talk about life. We talk about sports on this podcast and there were very few people that I talked to that are more real more sincere and have no bullshit attached to them than Sean Salisbury and you're going to hear a conversation that I had with Sean yesterday afternoon and we really do get into life and sports Grand Napier and Sean Salisbury how the hell are you partner good man how are you good to talk to you you know, nothing's gone on since we last talked. You had Jawan Howard and what happened to him, the five-game suspension. You know, the ratings came in for the Olympics. It was the worst ever. It was horrible. Nobody watching the Olympics over in China, right? Then you got Phil Mickelson, and the comments that he made that were released last week to me are just – I can't even comprehend – then his apology, which, which was embarrassing to me when in the first paragraph – he talks about he was speaking off the record and that his comments were taken out of context, but then he apologizes for everything that he said. You've got a war that started in the last couple of hours. You've got everyone that is on the left blaming Trump. You've got everybody on the right blaming Biden. You've got baseball who can't even fucking decide on anything. So we got a lot to talk about here. Basically, in a nutshell, what I'm saying is, what a fucked up world we're living in right now. Seriously. Look, I, I, Grant, I can't believe, I mean, you just hit them and, and some far more important than others, some baffling that come out of people's mouth and, and, 
and and the the, the thinking about the Ukraine people oh. and what they're going seeing a dad say goodbye to his kids. Oh wow! I I I, I just don't. It's 2022, Sean. It's not. We're not in World War II. It's fucking 2022, and we're seeing pictures that rip your heart out of your chest. So depressing, and I don't like. Listen, nobody wants to be involved in war. We're fortunate. I don't care if people like Trump or Biden. I, I don't care what their politics. Are. I can just tell you this. I don't either. We were out of war for four years, and for me, and we'll get back to the sports. For me. There is nothing that says the first two people in charge in our country scare of one soul. They don't, they, 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 they engage, they, they give us, they give me no confidence. Zero. If I were, the, 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 if I was a, a, a country that was a, if, if I'm a, against our country, I'm like, the fuck are they going to do? That's how you think, honestly. And it just, and I, I, listen, I want success. I want Biden. I want us to, to, to help. And I want to get it over quickly. And I want people not to pay seven bucks a gallon for gas on the West Coast. I want a piece of steak not to cost 40 bucks for somebody. And we're going to the grocery store. I, I want Major League Baseball fans. And we'll get to that because I'm going to fucking tear them apart. Not the fans, Major League Baseball. But all the all of it pales in comparison to seeing you waking up in the morning and, you know, you're pushing a baby in a stroller and a bomb's landing behind you. And it could have been prevented. And then the threat that Putin puts on our country and has wow. the balls to say, oh, if you're going to retaliate, it'll be, you know, basically saying it's it, almost like the movie that that uh, Gerard Butler was in. He said it'll be biblical. Right? I mean, not using those phrases, but like, how, 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 how fucking dare you? Hey, how dare you? Because you know what? Don't forget the same things that make you laugh. Putin will make you cry, too. So I, I don't want to get into all that. But you're right. Grant. It just man, I, I, I don't. The person, I, I don't know how this is Trump's fault. I'm not saying he's, uh, has nothing to do with who we voted for. I, I don't care. He's not in office. The person in office, just like it wasn't Obama's fault. If you go to, Trump had to take care of that. Or the, I mean, how about some uh, not, a non-I-confess-he-did-it situation for any president? Okay. I just, I, you know what, sometimes you got to put your foot down and, and realize we ain't taking the L. And we're not going to let the Ukraines take the L. And instead of waiting a month for saying, oh, well, we're going to put some sanctions on them. Listen, i got a sanction for you. There's a lot of ways to cut them off. Okay. And Putin ain't going away unless you force him to go away one way or the other. And I'll leave it at that. But I know we got a lot of sports to get to. But, man, I, I, I just I hate this when I see families because people are going to die needlessly. And it drives me. I don't care whose fault it is because you know, when, when we're war, it's not. Well, uh, it's not the I confess he did it. It's I confess how are we going to fix this? How are we going to help? How are we going to protect those people and our people? And I just, it's so gut-wrenching to me, man. And, you know, for the last handful of years, like, it's got to get better at some point, right? For everybody. It's just got to get better, right? But you almost feel like when I talk about sports, sometimes I'm embarrassed knowing what's going on around. But that's what we do because people need it. You know, we all need a little... But I, I mean, I'm just, I sit there and I can't take my eyes off the TV yet. My skin's crawling. And, and I think, I, I feel like times we're sitting back and we're just getting punched in the face. And, and we, we got no answer. That doesn't mean try to, you know, going in there and trying to kill everybody and innocent people. I don't mean that, but no, I'm, I'm not going to sit here. And you're, you're not, we're not going to be bullied. And Putin's a friggin' bully. 
It's a friggin' bully. Or I know this. When you punch the bully back, the bully usually goes away. I'll leave it at that. Very well said. I, I love you for your honesty, for your passion, and for not being afraid to just put it right out there, man. That's why I brought that up, because I knew you would have strong words. So let's make the transition now. So go ahead. Major League Baseball, what do you have to say? Greg, you know, you know what? Listen, I, we've known this for well over a year that we were getting to this point. Now, listen, I usually side for the players. Now, I'm not in the meeting and the he said, she said, and when a one insider who's got the owner's ear and one insider's got the players, I get all that. I normally lean to the players because it almost feels like to me like at times the billionaire owners will bully. I don't mean all of them put an umbrella, but if you're an owner, we lump you into all of them. Why? Because just like we do when there's a player strike, this isn't a strike, it's a lockout. I believe the players want to play, and I believe that at times – the they nitpick and 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 the the, the owners over stuff that that doesn't need to that, that's you know when they say don't sweat the small stuff we should have got rid of all the stuff like, like minimum salary that raises every year for the players that should have been done in in October okay when we were starting a World Series you knew it's one of those when you know it's coming like you have an assignment and it's to to, to get the grade and you're like oh gosh dang I got a ten page paper and you got two hours to cram for it. And if you don't, the grade's going to go down and you get an incomplete. It's like, okay, I got to go. And you wait and you wait. And I feel like that. I think that the arrogance, and maybe it's both sides. Like I said, I like Tony Clark. I, I don't know Rob Manfred, but I, Rob Manfred feels like he doesn't love baseball yet. I know he's just a puppet mouthpiece for the owners. I, I get all that shit. And I, I don't hate anybody because somehow, some way, get it back on the field. But the reason why this sucks is they're going to cuss each other out. They'll get to the table. Now they're working all week this week. Are they going to do it through the week? And now the ultimatum, if we don't, the players are going to miss salary. I get that too. But stop the – I mean, you're the one who locked them out. Hell, they'd have probably gone and played if you'd have left it open while you were working through a deal. They, they would go and play. Players want to play. And, you know, they insure themselves and take a little bit of risk and go. Or you keep it under the previous one until it's done and set deadlines as it goes so we get back to it. And I could go on and on about who's right and why we need this and about – taxes and about player minimum salary, all the shit that, that quite frankly, a $30,000 a year blue collar worker doesn't fucking want to hear. Now, I can sit here and lie and say, you know what, if they're late and they don't play the first 20 games, then I'm going to quit watching baseball. It's bullshit. I'm going to watch baseball. I'm just going to, I am. When it's open, when the Red Sox open against or when the Yankees, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go to Minute Maid and watch the game. I'm not that fan. Now, I'm not mad at the ones who don't. Fuck, I'm not mad. I'm in the media. I can get a ticket. I can, you know, you know the things. But I come from a blue-collar family. My old man, if he could take us to a game, all of our family, once every eight months and eat hot dogs and do all that, hell, it was a blessing. And I know people go through it. And so just, it, it's, I'm so sick of the fans never getting a seat at the table. The guy who relies on this 82-game schedule at home, who handed peanuts out and got four kids at home and his wife's working, and he's relying on tips from people in the stands. He doesn't get to go to work. It, it just – and I know it's early. We may not even miss any games. But the thought process, because when they're in those meetings, and I've been in the NFL meetings when our rep is talking, and we're talking about players, not in, not in New York City. And we never talk about the fans. Never. Now, in our talk to them in a media interview, yeah, we care about the fans. They're going to say that at no time is a dominant conversation in those meetings between Rob Manfred, Tony Clark, and whoever else is in there. 
Yeah, but what about the fans? They may say that in quiet, and they'll say it to us so we feel sorry. You guys care about the fans. They don't give a fuck about that. They're going to – because you know what? If it does, your hot dog's going to cost eight bucks, not six. It just, I mean, it's just the way it works. They, they're yep. billionaires for a reason, and they're millionaires for a reason. They'll care when they're on the on-deck circle and they want the cheering. Of course, that's normal. I'm not, I'm not mad at them for it. It's just human nature. And the owners, they'll only when, – when, when you're down 20 – when you're 20 games out of first place in June – and you're not going to the ballpark, then they'll feel it and they'll want the fan. But this is the way you you will you start to eliminate the, the fans, these blue-collar fans that can't wait to watch a game. And the person who's tipped, pouring you a beer, this is money that matters to them. I'm going to be okay. You're going to be okay. The baseball players, the owners are eventually going to be okay. I, I just think about the, the, the person who has no seat at the table, and we never do. And in the big picture, getting baseball and all the jargon and the legal shit that we have to listen to, but it really gets down to the nuts and bolts of, do you guys really understand? Hardcore fans are coming back. But every time you eliminate a dad and his son or a mom and his son or their daughter from going, you eliminate a generation. Every time we do that, we start to eliminate. And they're tough enough to get to and they're expensive enough to go to. You would think that they'd give them a seat at the table and they never friggin' do. And it drives me fucking crazy. I'm so tired of it. I can't stand it. They're late to the party. Baseball, baseball is out of touch with reality. They really are. They are completely out of touch with reality and what's going on in this country. And I put a lot of this on Rob Manford. He's the commissioner of Major League Baseball. And you are spot on. This is not something that just happened overnight. And to be at this point on February 24th is, I could say it's typical of baseball, but with everything that we have just talked about and everything that's going on in the country and around the world, for these billionaires and millionaires to be apparently this far apart and not close to a deal is mind-boggling to me. And personally, I'm not going to miss baseball for a while. If they fucking sit out, go ahead, sit out. You know what? I'll find I'll find ways to occupy my I'll time. Find I, I, back and I'll find it. Right, right. You know, find I mean, something to do. I, Personally, as somebody that grew up watching Mickey Mantle play and has been a lover of baseball for my whole life, the game to me is not the game that I fell in love with. The game is, to me, now boring. I don't like the way it's played. The the fucking launch angle bullshit, the shift, the number of strikeouts, the number of pitchers. You know, you'd never see a pitcher go off past the sixth inning anymore. The game is so specialized. I don't like the way the game is played now, okay? I just don't. So there are two different issues here, but I just don't think baseball is dealing with reality, Sean. I don't think they have the pulse of what the hell is going on. Yeah, they don't get the room. You know, we always talk about, well, does this coach understand the room, this politician understand the room? The fucking guy doesn't understand the room. He, he doesn't. They, they're, they're, you know what? It's like you cannot be this arrogant a prick or pricks to yep. do this. But they are, and they'll get away with it. And people, they will. I come from, I live in a city now in Houston, Grant, that they friggin' love. The fans here love their team. Yes, they they friggin' love it. And I'm with you. Listen, I love baseball like you. I mean, I'm a diehard baseball fan. But with March Madness rolling through and, you know, I, I like spring golf and Augusta and all that. The truth of the matter is that if they're 60 games late, my life's going to be just fine missing baseball. I'll get back to you when you come back. Now, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to be the guy that says, ah, 
middle finger and say, I'm not coming back. Damn right, I'm going back, and I'm going to visit Fenway during this fall, and I'm going to go to games, and I'm going to watch baseball. And I'm going to watch our Yankee-Red Sox rivalry. I'm going to do it. But I'll tell you this, I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that you did. Hell, I'm going to miss going to spring training more than I had in game 27 on a Tuesday night like I give a shit in the three-to-one game with 15 right. games in front. Okay, great. I'll watch it on TV. But I, 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 it's just not understanding the room, the arrogance, and I don't understand why it's it's always – have you ever noticed it's always – it becomes a – you know what? I always talk about this with quarterbacks, Grant. Don't play hurried. Play urgent. Play fast, right? They have they, they they have zero idea about urgency and what it means to actually. And then when all said and done, they're going to hug each other and tell us it was great. And man, thank you for the fans. We're looking forward. And I get it. That's what they do in every sports league. This is not ex- mutually exclusive to the to the owners and players of baseball. But I just don't understand when you're negotiating. You don't leave the table. It's like. It's like when you're on the floor at the Capitol. You stand in there and you just keep going. And, and we just keep saying, if it's, if, if, you know, we're doing everything we got to do to get it done because the damage that it can cause if you're 20 or 25 games late is immeasurable and sponsors. But you're right. You, you hit it perfectly. There is a sense of just not getting it and understanding. And baseball's putting themselves, now we're threatening it and we got ultimatums. And what happens when yep. you give ultimatum? Yep. People get bitter. And they're going to be bitter after all this is done, and eventually it'll get done. So I'm just – it's its frustrating. And you would think people who made billions negotiating contracts in their jobs yep. before they own teams, that they'd send a guy in there and say, listen, the best negotiations aren't when you hammer somebody over the head and dominate the negotiations. Yep. The best negotiations when both walk out of there and think, we both – we won, and they did too. And I just don't think the give and takes there and what ruins marriages, countries, uh, um, businesses, everything, career, everything is pride and ego. And it's at its finest when they're sitting across from each other on the table. You just said pride and ego. I've spent a lot of time over the last several days on my rants, my show that I do on Listen App about Phil Mickelson. And I, I, when I first saw the comments from writer Alan Shipnuck about what Phil had to say about the Saudis. I I couldn't believe what I was reading. And then the apology that came out two days ago, where in the first paragraph he talks about he was speaking off the record. I mean, come on. And that his comments were taken out of context. And And I'm asking myself, what on earth is Phil Mickelson doing? You're talking about one of the most beloved golfers in the history of the sport in this country and really globally. I mean, you see Phil when he goes over and plays at the Open Championship. Fans love him over there. I can go on and on. His legacy has been tarnished. I wonder how he comes back from this. He's losing his main sponsor already. I can't believe it. I can't believe it, Sean. I can't believe what Phil Mickelson did and his apology. What is your take on that? I am shocked. I actually thought Phil was like one of the fair-haired, like that's the, like the, the, that like it was almost like he's PGA Tour family. Yes. Now, let, let me preface this, and I, I hate to qualify things, but I need to in this case. My best round of golf I've ever shot was playing one on Tina Mickelson, Phil's sister, and I. She come they come she comes to my golf tournament when it was gone. She's a 
it's a great family. And I, I don't need to remind people this, but the reason why is that I'm saying this is that just because you love somebody, and I'm a huge Phil Mickelson fan. Just be, He's funny, likes to have a little gamble, likes to play golf, likes to bet on the course, is given a lot of money to charity. Players love him. He's got he's brash. He's ballsy. Everything you like, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good dude. And, he's, and some probably say a little too arrogant for them at times. That's okay. And a guy's a friggin' phenomenal the, the magician with the golf club in his hand, all those things. And his family's great. Tina, fantastic. I shot my best round playing with her. It was like a teacher round because she teaches too. And the, the calmness of her, I'm like, gosh, can I play every day having her teach me? This was years ago, right? And so I love Phil Mickelson, but he's not above criticism. Listen, LeBron James still has never apologized to Daryl Morey and the China stuff, and people justified him for that and should have. Absolutely should have. If you're going to do that with that and human rights are involved, Phil Mickelson's quote, whether he thought it was off the record, I don't know what's off the record these days. Um, uh, And then to apologize, which means you did say it. And then we start to think, well, of course he's apologizing because he doesn't want to lose. He already lost KPMG. Uh, Since I can remember, Mickelson's had it on his hat. That is like, they would have stayed with Mickelson until he was 90. So if somebody like that has been so loyal to him, decided to drop him, they're not bullshitting. And then Amstel Light, which is the Heineken brand, drop him. And, you know, he's got the other ones. I don't know what the decision is going to be, Callaway and Rolex and the rest. And But this is called Mr. Fix-It now. And what he said, and we all read the quote, was heinous. Listen, I'm sure people think it, but talking about not understanding the room, Phil Mickelson has made it. And I understand he wants more of his life, that he doesn't want to pay fees for his image and all those things that he's arguing for in a better tour. The PGA Tour is pretty good, Grant. Yeah. They have made some people, and you see some of the PGA Tour golfs. I ain't messing with that. The dumbest thing a PGA Tour player could do that's a world-class player, if you're the 190th player and you're not going to make cuts and you want to go make okay, have at it. Not yeah. with that country, though. And you can't preach it right. and go shoulder to shoulder with somebody that you say, well, I know they're bad human rights, and they killed Khashoggi, and they, they, they actually they, they murdered him premeditated. And to say, yeah, I know they did all that, but, man, I'm going to change the PGA Tour. We're going to change it. Dude, it's like I almost felt like it was a there's, – there's no way he said this, right? There's no way. This I, is I thought the same thing. I was blown I away. I that when Phil Mickelson's done, no disrespect to Nick Faldo or somebody else in the networks, that there's a seat in the 18th Tower for him. I believe that. He's yes. He's funny. He talks shit. He's a he, – he's validation. He, he doesn't have to apologize for majors. I mean, he's done it all. And I'm thinking, oh, he's just years away, a few more years on a senior tour. The endorsements are still there, and he's sitting in the tower. Whatever, he's that guy. He feels like he's Manning to me. You, paid me, you know what I'm saying? As far as yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. he's got that wit, and he's funny. Good and I'm thinking, how, how do you do that now? How, how do you do a guy that went against and trying to bury your tour, and you're the tour that built everything he's ever gotten on the tour, and right, he's earned it. And then turn around and hear this comment, and in a the landscape we're in in society now, you can't just poo-poo this way and say, ah, oh, now t- time will go by and things will happen and stars get extra, and I get all that. But how can you all of a sudden turn around and say, oh, yeah, we're good, dude, and do what he does, give him a thumb up. I mean, come on. I, I, this is great player. I'm sure he'll do the PR tour and all that thing. But the, the, you hey. – we can't just we can't just live the blow this off because it was it was horrendous and I love Phil Mickelson and I'm still love him I disagree yep. with what he did. 
think about this. He won a major last year. Okay. He won a major last year, which is remarkable at his age. So he said he needs to take a step back and he needs to get away from golf. I don't know if it was his decision or it was a mutual decision with the PGA, but here's what is the next big date on the calendar. And it's right around the corner and it's the masters. And I'll tell you this, you and I both know that the people, the folks at Augusta don't want anything to do with Phil Mickelson right now. They don't want him on their grounds. They don't want the controversy. They don't want all the media attention on this. So with that said, I will be very surprised to see Phil Mickelson playing the Masters this year. This, may be, this may be Phil Tate. You took that time off. Carry that time off uh, through April. Yes. Stay away for a minute. Yes. We're not asking you. We're fucking telling you. Mm-hmm. Because now you're on our tour again, and guess who's bigger than the PGA Tour? I hate to say it. That place at Augusta, Georgia. Let me remind yeah. people who don't remember. Like I said, I, I, Grant, I, I, it, it's always hard for us to criticize people we really like and respect. Yes. And Smith, Phil is a friggin' sharp motherfucker. He's smart, dude. Yes, he and is. You know this. He's brilliant. He knows how to market. He's... That's why I think we're all so shocked. Now, am I holier than thou and throwing stones? We not all said or thought something stupid in our life, but you got to know the room and you just can't say shit. And especially now. And even the truth is we got to start to train ourselves. You shouldn't even be thinking stuff like that because that's got to be, you, get it out, dude. Get rid of it. Don't. Yep. And there'll be some, oh, what did he say? He just said that we're talking about human rights and a guy that was murdered and, the, and, and you, you just can't. You cannot do what he did. Let me remind people. About Augusta, Gary McCord, beloved by golf fans. Yep. And one of the greatest quick-witted golf broadcasters. Actually, I actually think there was a time when Gary was the biggest star, not the 18th Tower guy, like the biggest star because the, the and then Faraday with his good stuff. You know, they were able to weave in humor, talk back and forth. The players respected him, even though Gary never wasn't winning tournaments, but and I've met Gary numerous times, and I love him, too. He's just good conversations. Yep. He was yep. great golf. He's at Augusta. He makes two comments. Yep. One, they hit a ball, and people watch the Masters. It hit it back in the stuff behind. I can't remember what green it was. And he says, um, you're going to have to find it. You're going to have to bring a bunch of body bags to get the golf to find, the, to, when you find, it, to find that ball or whatever, meaning it's dead. Yep. That was one. And then he talked about a green that was so slick. He said, bikini wax. Yes. Referred to as bikini wax. Well, the Masters got that. Told yeah. Frank McKinnian, who is the longtime uh, executive producer and boss. Matter of fact, Frank Chertinian at one point, aside from Augusta, was probably the most powerful guy in golf. Controlled everything and see everything. Yeah. And Frank, and, well, you know the movie Tin Cup. Frank's the guy sitting next to Lance Barrow in the truck, right? Right. And so Frank can't do it. I'm sure Frank loves Gary to this day. But, like, dude, what do you want me to do? I know we put on all these golf tournaments, but see those dudes that sit over there in Butler Cabin? Yeah. Do it. And he's not been back. They cut him off the broadcast, Done. and he's not back. Done. Long memory for the fellas and in, 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 in ladies at Augusta. Done. And so here we are now. So you're going to tell me now, when it comes to human rights and all the strides that we're making, that you're going to open arm a guy who not only went against your tour, but said all these things, and you say, come on in and play at Augusta, even though – you're a master's winner. I would imagine this may be, Phil, um, we love our champions. 
a good time to take a you spend some time with your family during this tournament and this month. If Phil and if Phil really wants to show remorse, he shouldn't even he should tell he should come out and make a tell him why he's not coming. If he is on the grounds of Augusta in April, then it tells me that his apology was disingenuous. All of the bullshit that was in that apology, maybe I shouldn't call it bullshit. All of his statements then to me mean absolutely nothing. They're disingenuous if he's going to be back playing golf at the yeah. Masters in April. That's what that would tell me. Yeah, and it pains me so much to say because I, I gosh, like I said, Grant, for the third, I love him. I do. I'm yeah. such a fan. I know. And it's not personal at him, but it's directed at him because he's the one who said it. Like I said, I'm a big guy in forgiveness. Now they're not going to some of the PGA Tour and Augusta, the Red. They got some long memories, right? I can forgive, move on, have a beer with them, say, "Dude, if you're his buddy, you're saying, what, what, are, you, what are you thinking? What, yep. what are you, not just okay. If you want to challenge the PGA Tour, then you better you you, you better be know what you're getting into because those guys are. That's a lot of old school. You're going to do this. This is what made you your fortune. And then we're and I understand all that you want to make a change, but Tour's been pretty good. There's some things that need adjusted. That would have been easy to say, let's get some things adjusted. Because Phil's got pull. How much does he have now, though? And so, and he's still got game in him, and he's fun. And it's just, it sucks for me to, for us to have to say this, but you just can't do it, man. And he said he overloaded his mouth with his ass, and he sees the financial implications with sponsors, the way some of the guys on tour may treat him now, the, the tournaments. I mean, what if a big sponsor says, that's a sponsor of a tournament along the way says, we're, if he comes, we're taking that off. As, as beloved as he is, we're at a time now when you've got to overcorrect. You do. And I listen, Phil, like he said, he goes, the last 10 years have been a lot of pressure. And they, I, I, I bet they have. I'm not questioning that at all mentally. But you also have to have people around you, and he always has, that say, maybe you want to, like we tell kids, count to 10 before you say this. Or I tell before you hit send on Twitter. Yep. Uh, and if you make sure you reread it or before you go into an interview, you're just thinking you're, you're Phil Mickelson, no matter where you talk, we're going to listen. And, and, and they heard it and it's unfortunate for him, but they have to address it. They have and to. It really looks really bad. The fellow PGA players are coming out and criticizing him. They don't want anything to do with this. You know, the Rory McElroy's okay. Justin Johnson, John Rutherford. You know, we can go on and on and on. So there's no support. There's no backing of Phil. He's on an island right now, and he put himself on that island. He has no one to blame but himself for the position that he's in. And I'm with you. I feel bad. I feel, you know, me, it, you know what it would yeah. be the equivalent of to me? And I really mean this. It would be the equivalent of Derek Jeter, who I have just was loved you – know, couldn't ever say a bad word about him, which is how right. I thought about Phil. It would be the same. It would be like if you're a Red Sox, be like a Dustin Pedroia, okay, or somebody that it's just it's just unfathomable to me what happened and what this could do to his legacy. And I'm again, I compare yeah. it to if Derek Jeter did something like that. I look yeah. at Phil Mickelson like I looked at Derek Jeter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, and I, and I get it. When I was talking about him and Peyton Manning, I thought, well, everybody in the world wants Manning on a broadcast. You know, Peyton can write his ticket because he's Peyton Manning. Everybody loves him. He's funny. Phil's the same way for golf. The thing is, Peyton wouldn't have said that, right? Yeah. And Phil, I think the emotion you get caught up in, it's a new tree you're trying to promote it. And at times we get so hot take-ish sometimes. Mm-hmm. We forget that, that hot take goes over the line, and that was not only over the line, my friend. Oh boy, that was over the line outside the area code. I mean, completely. And you, you mentioned it's going to be lonely. It, it is going to be a little lonely. You're going, you're going to be not just on. It's going to be a little lonely on tour for a minute. The old walking down the hall. Hey, you're doing not engaging in too much conversation, and and Phil going to have some fighting back. I mean, yep. going to have to fight through this. It's going to be tough, and taking time off might not be a bad thing. Not a bad thing. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Adam Schefter of ESPN uh, came out and said that he could see Jimmy Garoppolo staying with the 49ers and he was talking about the lack of development by Trey Lance and that he's still green and blah, blah, blah. Would you be surprised if we get to next August and Garoppolo is in the preseason wearing a 49ers uniform? I will for one reason, Grant. If they would have traded one first rounder for Trey Lance, I would have said, not surprised. He's not ready. We see that Jordan Lowe. I mean, if they were trading two of them, they, they had, they, they put themselves in a major mind. They did. Because the truth of the matter is, and I do a, a show every Monday night in San Francisco. Yep. And for the for you know ninety five seven the game about during the football season, yep. Lorenzo Neal and I, and then I'm a guest regularly on this. We talk about this. I follow them closely and Jimmy, and I'm just telling you that I said all year long. Why do you think trade after all they gave up for him and all the questions surrounding Jimmy coming off an injury? Why didn't even with a thumb? The one t- th- the one thing Jimmy couldn't play played Trey Lance, but they went immediately back to Jimmy, even though his thumb was still bothering bothering Nick for the stretch run. Why? Because people think every quarterback is supposed to be Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. They're not. That's the, that's the, I mean, I know we're happening. It's happening more and more often. It seems those are the, the Herberts. That's the outlier shit guy. That's not normal to come in and, and grab the league by the throat in two years. And when you see the development, you're not getting the number ones. Trey Lance played at North Dakota State, which is a great football program, and then didn't get many reps, played one game the last year he was there, so he hadn't played any football. 
and we expect him to come in and take it by storm just because we spent two first-rounders on it. Slow the damn roll. And if they were smart, Peter King and I talked about this. I interviewed him, and he goes, I, he goes, I would get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo right now. He said this three or four, four weeks ago in the season on the show, and he's right. So, yeah, I'd be surprised, Grant, because they painted themselves into a corner and with all the Trey Lance talk and the fans kind of get into, you know, how they start to buy. And now you're going to flip the switch. Hell, the truth of the matter is, if you're going to let Jimmy go, you might have to jump into the Brady or Rodgers or somebody else, Frank. Right. But I'll tell you what I'm not going to be surprised at is when we open the season in the fall of 2022, if Trey Lance is still the backup, because it's not just the physical ability. What happens if you're meddling? It doesn't mean he's dumb. It doesn't mean he doesn't have good football. Like he doesn't mean he doesn't know how to throw a football or he's not accurate. He's spectacular skill set. It's there's so much to process. And with the 49ers, it's not just the throwing game. Their run game is there's a lot to process. Yes. So he's got a lot to, to soak in. And then you've got a Super Bowl caliber team. Yes. I'll be I'll be less shocked if Jimmy's gone. But I'll actually be more shocked if Trey's the starter and it's not somebody Great else. Point. Great. Well, you can talk about this. We're talking about a quarterback that did not play big-time college football, that came into the NFL because of the pandemic, not playing in a game, I think, for 22 or 23 months. Fans just do not comprehend how difficult that is. You just touched on that. But we're talking about a guy, again, not big-time college football. You know, he's not playing at Alabama or Ohio State, okay? Or he's playing a, a much lesser conference. I'm not saying that he's not good. But well, it's a conference, right. Right. I mean, okay. And then not taking a snap for almost two full years and coming into the NFL and fans think that, as you said, he's going to be Burrow or Herbert or – they're not being realistic. They're not being realistic. And none of those – I mean, in the path for Herbert – Tyrod Taylor with the shot situation, yep. job opened up for him. For Burrow, they had nobody. It was clear. Their slate. They didn't have a Jimmy Garoppolo there. Not that Jimmy's a Hall of Famer. Jimmy's a good player. Shit. Talk about a disrespected guy. He's been to a, an NFC Championship game and two Super Bowls in – or uh, an NFC Championship game and a Super Bowl in two out of the last three years, and he was hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo wins. It may not look pretty all the time, but he wins. And then you couple that, Grant, with what you're saying that this is a Super Bowl caliber team, so high expectation. You're not going to a, a shithole Jets team right now. Win, not only does he win, but his teammates love him. He's yes. loved in the locker and room. He's not an excuse maker in the locker room. He right. could have folded his tent and said, screw you guys. I went to a Super Bowl two years ago. Get rid of me now. I'm not doing this. And pouted his way out of – he didn't. Teammates love him. Think of, now, if you go to the Jets or a team that's struggling, guess what? Detroit, when you're going – Listen, the expectations, you can you can work through your mistakes. 49ers ain't got time to work through mistakes. They're a Super Bowl caliber team. Why do we think John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan weren't playing Trey Lance when Jimmy wasn't spectacular but solid? He, he gets you in and out of the huddle. The run game checks. Trey's obviously more physically gifted. Why? Because that if he needed an answer, they don't need to say he's not ready. They can compliment him on the practice field, excuse me, all they want. Garoppolo gave him a better chance to win this year. So what's going to change in shorts and a T-shirt at OTAs? Nothing. He's going to get better mentally. He's going to learn more process. But then the real stuff's going to fly again. So when people say, no, let's move on with Trey. We don't need Brady. Listen, crawl 10 miles over broken glass to, to, to lick his shadow on the ground. If Tom Brady wants to come back and play, you get your ass on it and tell Trey Lance, I love your feelings. I love your game, buddy. You're going to have to delay that a year or maybe two. Sorry. I mean, I'm not in the feel-good business. I'm in the winning business, and their window is open. 
So Jimmy gone? No. Colts, somewhere else. You know, I, I, that won't, won't surprise me at all with Jimmy being gone because if you're Jimmy, do you want to come back another year and have this covered knowing that you're – I said all along when the season started, I said, I don't care what he does. He's not coming back right. because they've painted themselves into a corner. Yet if you're the 49ers – he still gives you a better chance to win. Now, six months That's from right. now, who knows? So if you're Jimmy and you're like, guys, come on, man. I'm a good team, and I love the fellas, but send me to a place where I'm not having to deal with where you're going to every single day you're trying to put him in, and you, you, you eventually you're going to put him in. So even if I throw for 5000 next year, you're going to run me out because then it's year three, and you got to validate two first-round picks that you traded to get him and move up. So I, I, I'll be more – Less surprised if it's somebody else starting than Trey Lance, and it's not Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think no, it will be. But and and it's also you you just touched on this. But if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, for instance, you go back to the Tennessee game. Okay, he gets killed, and then it's revealed a couple days later that he broke his thumb and tore a ligament in his thumb. You know, he's, he, the guy can't win. You know, he he when the Niners win, it has nothing to do with Garoppolo, and when they lose, and that's not that atypical, as you know, around the league for the quarterback position. You know that, but 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 uh, but you and I have talked about this all year. The guy is so underappreciated by the 49er fans. It it's just mind-boggling to me how underappreciated he is. Yeah, my national hot take shows and NFL shows. Now listen, does Jimmy miss some easy throws once yes. or twice a game? You say, dude. I know. You can't miss that throw. That see, Jimmy doesn't miss tough throws. Jimmy misses the ones that throws. Jimmy misses the one that Joe Sixpack and Harry Hatchet ass can make. Right? Those are the ones. <laughs> it's it's Matthew. You say, right. Damn, in other words, he twenty eighteen to twenty three, but three throws he missed on a third and four. He yanked one into the ground. He had a guy on a corner route. The end zone. You're like, oh my gosh! But it's true. Listen, he yeah. could play a good game, and the running back could lay the ball on the ground and fumble. And somehow, some way, we'd make it Garoppolo's fault. Yep. It's like, what? What? They, if, if Garoppolo would have done what Josh Allen did and got beat by Kansas City, somehow, some way, the national media and a few select fans would have made it, well, Jim, he dressed in a phone booth, but it's got to be Jimmy's fault that we didn't win. Yeah. He got, he'll be starting somewhere else, and somebody's going to appreciate his game. Then there's, then there, then there's Aaron Rodgers, who apparently is going to make a decision soon. I personally think he's going to stay at Green Bay. However, I don't think he's going to stay in Green Bay without Devontae Adams. And they are still working on a deal. They have until, what is it, the 8th of next month to tag him or not. They don't want to do that. They want to work on a long-term deal. I believe Rodgers will be in Green Bay, but I don't think he'll be in Green Bay without Devontae Adams. I just don't see that being a scenario that's likely. I Listen, stay out of the AFC, Aaron, as good as you are. You don't want to have to roll. If you want to win a Super Bowl, there's too many dudes to go through in that league. That's right. Secondly, Green Bay is the best spot if Adams – listen, if Adams leaves, if I'm Aaron, I want to leave too. Screw that. I'm out. Absolutely. Now, I don't believe he's retiring. He's a back-to-back -back no. MVP. And when he does get traded, he, no matter what, or he stays, he's going to want a new deal. It's there in salary cap, a little bit of salary cap hell in Green Bay. He's going to – listen, let's say he plays for three more years. You don't think he's going to go in there and say I want $155 million for three years? Fifty million. He's going to want to break the bank as the highest paid player ever. And he's got a statistically in numbers. I get why he'd do it. It's not always that you're the best player. If Brady was still in, we'd still see Brady. But he's been the best player the last two years. It's the timing of when, you get, when you're playing your best, when you get paid. That's why I got like Derek Carr, one year left. Carr may end up making $40 million from the Raiders. Now, Derek Carr's not a top five quarterback in the league, but he's damn good. But you're not going to put him ahead of Herbert for long term or, yeah. or Burrow. But 
guy, speaking of another guy that's fairly disrespected and puts up numbers for you, right? But with, with this situation with Rodgers, yeah, if Devontae, if they're not signing him, uh, pack your locker at the same time Devontae does and say, please trade me or I'm not, or I'm retiring, yep. you know? And, but listen, there's only one team. I mean, teams that are viable. Leaving Green Bay to go, if Devontae is there to go to Tampa, they're, they're not better. Right now, they're they're not a better. They don't have a better path. To me, the one team that we're talking about, I've said. Do you think? Okay, let's say he left Green Bay. Where's a great place to go? To where he played his. Yeah, running game, hell of a game planning coach. Debo Samuel is a monster. Ayuk's getting better. George Kittle's a monster. Trent Williams, Bosa, Fred Warner. I mean, shit. They be well. If, if Brady or Rodgers go to San Francisco, if they do, they are instantly and immediately the one seed in the NFC for sure, and quite no frankly, question. probably the one seed in the league. No question. Overall in the end of the, the odds, they'll get, you'll get the lowest odds as a better. They'll have the best odds to win the Super Bowl if they go there. Stay in Green Bay. If you can go to Frisco, I, I, San Francisco, I get it. But listen, it's, it's not often we get to keep a guy in the same place all the time, but they're going to have to do a lot of maneuvering to keep Aaron Rodgers happy, and he loves the he likes the attention with this, which is okay. Yep. He's toying with them, and and he's going to go where he wants to go. But we're going to find out if they're able to appease him with this trade if he really wants out. It's got to be very nice today to be Troy Aikman. I do not understand the executives at the sports networks that feel that they have to pay an analyst basically a million dollars a game. I think it's fucking I love it. I don't get it, but I love it, dude. I'm so happy for him. That just means trick. I'm not saying I'm not happy. I'm not saying I'm not happy for him. You worked at ESPN. You you know what it's like being in a big time network. The the problem with these type of hires, and we saw it at CBS, when you pay these kind of ridiculous salaries the guy in the back room that's doing the editing, the 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 you 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 see all the cuts that the networks make. Then you see them come out and complain that they're not making any money. They're paying too much for the rights fees, and it's just a domino effect. Again, I'm happy for Troy Aikman too. I'm not turning on Monday Night Football to fucking watch Troy Aikman. I don't give a shit who's doing the game. I'm watching the game, and I think the majority of fans say the same thing. I'm just blown away at the amount of money that network executives feel they have to pay analysts. Again, I'm not turning into I'm not tuning into Monday Night Football to watch Troy Aikman. I'm just I'll, not. I'll do it for five million, not eighteen. <laughs> eight, eight, you know Troy's my guy, right? I love I know, him. I listen, I have nothing against I, Troy Aikman. You're just talking about the overall right. the, the concept of it, right? I get it. Yeah. You know, if we kept the guys at five million, you're not gonna get eighteen and you, 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 it's almost like collusion saying, no, 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 we're not paying that. Take it or leave it. But the truth now, here's what I do do though, Grant. First of all, I, I listen to Aikman because I want, I, I can't fucking stand broadcasters that paint the obvious picture. Tell me something I don't know and teach me. I want you to be entertaining, but I want you to teach me. And Troy's a good teacher because he talks about, you know, Romo's enthusiastic. He's making 17 and a half. Troy's supposed to be making between, I guess, 17 and 20, which is going to be over a million bucks a game. And God bless him. And he hit Grant, like everybody, guess what he had? Leverage with the Amazon Thursday thing, with Fox, and now with ESPN. ESPN, it's a, it's a huge win for them because you get the superstar. You get Troy Aikman, Super Bowl quarterback, and they've been searching for that since Gruden, that, that powerhouse. Not that Greasy and, and, and Reddick, I mean, uh, Lewis Riddick are good, but – Aikman's star power. That's why they keep going after Manning, right, or what have you. They're not. They're not good. good. But I'll tell you what, if you don't tune in 
because the broadcaster, I'll tell you what you will do if it's horse shit, though. You'll turn that sound down. Yeah, I, 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 if I got a, a game analyst that, like, dude, this, I'll spend most of my time in the game saying, I'm so I'm four steps ahead of this guy, whoever it is, and he's telling me what I already know. How is you know we get to the how's he doing this and somebody else isn't? So I will, you know, I have no problem saying, damn, I'll watch this without sound if that's the case. But we still keep it up. But I'm 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 kind of drowning out at least with somebody that tells me something. Like I think Greg Olson's a good. I, I think is I really. I think he's got a future. But Aikman, good for him. But you're exactly right. Yeah. You probably don't need to. But guess what, Grant? We're heading towards the twenty to twenty-five million dollar yep. game analyst. We are that a, Romo. Think about this now. His contract was for ten years at seventeen plus. That's the biggest contract he's ever had, football included. Think hey, and it's. I think know. about one day a week. I mean, I you, you all the days, but you're on TV one day a week for four hours, and you prep and do it, and you're energetic. It's a good hey. It's a good gig if you can get it. I don't hate Troy for it. He's a, and he'll he's humble and loves it. But it's a good gig. But you're exactly right. If you're a network executive, you're like, do I really got to pay eighteen, nineteen, uh, over a million a game? Do I? Apparently, they're locking in, and and other guys that are coming up may not get the eighteen, but the, the breezes and those guys are going to reap the benefits of this. I'd like to be uh, a fly in the wall listening to Joe Buck talk to his agent right now. I'll tell you that. Oh. Dude, now if you're yes, here, here, here's what you should do. First right. of all, and what, what about this? What if ESPN, if Aikman before he signs this? But I'd still like to do the Thursday games with Amazon, and they match it. You're like, well, okay, I got the Monday night, and I got the Thursday because he could pull it off, and it's 30, 36 to forty million bucks a week. I mean, a year between the two, which is you're making two and a half million dollars or three million bucks a week. It's not a bad gig. That's one. Two is. Oh, what a bummer. You get to work with Al Michaels, the greatest play-by-play broadcast voice. And he's still got a fastball. Al's phenomenal. And, and if Al goes to Amazon and says, yeah, let's still work this out, guess what Amazon's probably going to do? Yeah, let's still see if we can get Troy. Well, and if you're ESPN and you're Joe Buck, you're saying, well, I'm really good at baseball, and I know you guys love me, and I'm really good at football, and I can still work with Smoltz. And if you're ESPN, why would you fight that? You say, go ahead and work Fox Baseball. Just be ready for all the Monday night games. And his contract's got one more year on it, I think. So you don't think he's going to pop in and say, I'd yeah, like to work. You know, what? you know what? When you're Joe Buck and you're accustomed to doing a Super Bowl on the Super Bowl rotation and you're accustomed to doing the World, World Series. Series, that's a big, big difference if he leaves and, that network. And all, oh, there's no doubt. And you want, hell, on ESPN now with all the baseball they do, you can say, well, we'll just put Joe on, on during the baseball season, let him pick select big-time games. And yeah, but they don't have do the much Series. That's the problem, and Joe. Obviously, the World Series, we it's it's Buck and Smoltz, right? That's how we yeah. put it this way. Regardless of what Joe does, and you know Michelle Beisner, his Beisner yeah. Buck, his wife works at ESPN, and so let's put it this way: Joe's in a really good position <laughs> when his contract comes up to say, "Well, how much are those guys making?" Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I am the play-by-play. Guy. I'd like a little. I know we pay the star analyst, but ain't yeah. no way if you're Joe Buck, you're that the guy sitting next to you, as good as Troy is. There ain't no way with all the work you do that you're not going in there saying, "I, I, I think that you're about to make me the highest-paid broadcaster in television history." Yeah, because he's going to be, he's going to have that leverage. He is, but as long as I can keep hearing Al Michaels and and I get Joe and all that, good for them. But 
hey, timing's everything and being good at your job, and they're, they're damn good at their job. But that's a, I, I could, like I said, I'll, I'll, carry, I'll carry the golf clubs if that's what I got to do for a third of that, brother. I'm in. Leverage is a nice thing, huh? I don't know. I don't have it, but <laughs> the people that have it, they them. tell me. Leverage is a really nice thing. <laughs> All right, buddy. You have a good rest of the day, man. Great show today. One last thing. Was five games enough for Jawan Howard? I'm on the fence on this. No. In a quick answer, I'm going to say no. First of all, I don't believe he should have lost his job. I'm not in favor of people no, being fired. Let me made a mistake, and he apologized. Right. You know, so five, I'm okay with the five games. Uh, it was a bad look for him. It was a bad look for Michigan, bad look for basketball. I do not believe as, you know, I'm glad you're on the same page with me. I don't believe he should have been canceled, should have been fucking thrown out with the garbage. Just if they'd have fired him, you know, you give him it, you hit him in the wallet, you take yep. away what he loves to do. Yep. And I, I know Juwan Howard loves basketball. We, he yep. loves it. I know he loves the kids. And I actually believe through his apology, I think he has major remorse. I, I do. I do, too. I, I do, too. Said, well, okay, we're going to keep you out five games and the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. Okay, I, I would have understood. Yeah. I would have understood. But for anybody to suggest, oh, you got to fire him on the spot, well, those no. people that say that don't understand emotional competition. It was a dumb move. He's going to pay the price, and he knows it. He'll yeah. never do it again. And let's move on. People make mistakes. But five games is fine. I, I, I would have understood if they'd have given him ten. I would have. And if and, and if it does happen again, then I would instantly fire him. But no, oh, I give the guy a second chance. He deserves right. that. I think our society now, for whatever reason, they don't want to give second chances out anymore. And I think it's such a shame, Sean. It's such a it's such a bad look for this country with what's going on right now. It really is. Well, I'd like anybody that wants to cancel somebody to come to talk to me about uh, their perf their perfect life. Because yep. every single one that wants to cancel, there's a skeleton that, that, that falls out of their clothes. Do we all got one? Just depends on how many and how often they fall out. That's the key. The, 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 people that, the people that are perfect are all on social media. And I keep on saying, I want to meet, I want to be able to take these perfect people. I'll, I'll pay. I want to be able to take them to lunch or dinner because I would just love, just once in my life before I take my last breath, I would love to be in the presence of a perfect person. I, I don't think I'm asking too much because there appears to be so many of those people that are on social media. You haven't seen those motherfuckers on Twitter walk on water? You have not seen them? <laughs> Just ask them. They'll tell you. That's right. And there's a lot of good ones. But every now and then it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because you know more from your living room than yeah. Troy Aikman does on a Monday night broadcast. And we all have an opinion. But I'll tell you what. I look at those. Nobody's ever made a mistake. on. There's a lot of perfection. I got on it earlier. Maybe it'd rub off on me because I got a long dude. I'm so far from perfection. I'm the perfect example of imperfection, brother. I got news for you. <laughs> That's well, how's that? All right, buddy. You uh, take care. Have a good night. Great to see you, man. I'm glad to see you, and I'm glad we're back doing this. I love it. Yep, me too. Be good. good. Bye, bud. Thanks. It is now time for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. Kyle says, did you see J.J. Reddick call Zion Williamson a detached teammate who's not invested in the team? Well, if I'm Zion Williamson, I better be listening to a veteran like J.J. Reddick. That is not something that you once said of you. I've heard that, you know, Zion's got a long way to go. And he has a lot to learn. Tim wants to know, do you believe Tom Brady could actually go to the 49ers? I do, but I think it's more unlikely 
than likely. Zach asked, what do you think about the XFL and NFL partnership? You know, the thing I like about it is the XFL is going to experiment with some rules that maybe the NFL will implement. So that part I do like. Kyle asked, who would you like to see get the Sacramento Kings coaching job for the 2022-23 season? Well, assuming that it's not Alvin Gentry, I want a seasoned veteran coach. That's what I'm looking for if I am the Sacramento Kings. No coaches with no experience. Uh Uh-uh. I want a seasoned veteran coach. Ron wants to know, Grant, how much do you think the MLB will shorten the season if they don't make a deal? Well, it will be basically prorated, as they say. For, For every day that they can't come up with a deal, that's one less day of the season. That's a great question, and it is unknown right now. Dave asks, should the NCAA get rid of the handshake lines? Hell no, they shouldn't get rid of the handshake lines. That would be a big mistake. Josh asks, who is a good replacement for Tom Brady in Tampa? Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he would be phenomenal in Tampa. I really do. T wants to know, do you think it's weird LeBron's son signed an underwear sponsorship deal? Nope. Money is money, and, you know, he's trying to make – a name for himself and market himself? So no, I don't. Freddie asks, how surprising is it that the Daytona 500 beat the NBA All-Star Game in viewership? I don't know why anybody would watch the NBA All-Star Game. So personally, I'm not surprised. I'm really not. Julian wants to know, how does Kemba sitting out the rest of the season impact the Knicks' playoff chances? Doesn't impact it at all because he wasn't playing very well, wasn't doing anything. So I don't think it has anything to do with the Knicks' playoff chances I really don't Ben wants to know does Russell Wilson get traded this offseason Ben I'm going to look into my crystal ball and I'm going to say no Dylan wants to know any chance that Michael Malone resurrects Cousins career in Denver I would say it is highly unlikely Alex asks have you listened to Ken Maurer on Jason Whitlock's podcast. I have not, but I'm familiar with Ken Maurer and the end of his uh, refereeing career because he refused to get vaccinated. And I've known Ken for a long time. And listen, I respect him for sticking up for what uh, he believes in. Dominic says, what's your take on Jawan Howard's suspension for the rest of the regular season? I don't think that he should have been fired. I don't think he should have lost his job, so I'm okay with the suspension. Reed wants to know, are you surprised these Winter Olympics had the lowest Olympic viewership ever? I am not. I predicted it. I thought it would happen, and I am not surprised at all. Always good to get your questions. Thanks to Crowd Ultra. It's time for Grant. And today's rant is brought to you by the Home Theater Company, audio, video, and home theater. Just go online, hometheatercompany.com. Talk is cheap. Talk doesn't mean a thing to me. When I hear De'Aaron Fox talk about how special the final 22 games could be, I don't want to see the team come out and get blown out in their home floor 128-110 to to the Denver Nuggets. The Kings now at home are a dismal, pathetic 15-18. and Think about that. A losing record on your home floor, 15-18, and now 17 games below 500. It's time to pack up the bags. It's time to look towards next year. And it's time, really, to start playing the young players so just maybe, just maybe you'll get Get lucky and get one of the top four picks in the draft. This season is a disaster. This season is done. It is over. And I'm tired of hearing the players talk about how special this can be, how special that can be. Your season is a disaster with a capital D. You had a chance last night to get going with 22 games left in the season. You're competitive for what? A couple of quarters. And then all of a sudden you look up at the scoreboard and you lose by 18 freaking points and you just continue to climb closer 
and closer to the very bottom of the Western Conference cellar. It's disastrous. I mean, it really is. There's nothing else you can say. This team flat out stinks with a capital S. And that is my podcast for today. And I hope that you have a fabulous weekend. Always great to hear from Sean Salisbury. Stay safe, everybody. And as always, thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.